voice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us here at Zion and those who are joining us live right where you are. We welcome you to join us in this moment of worship. Uh, we want to uh, encourage you to bless each one another as we celebrate this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Amen. We praise God and thank God uh, for you. And we want you to join us in worship and fellowship. We want to welcome you to a little something like this. Jesus in me, Jesus in you, Jesus in me, Jesus in you,
as we come to lift our Lord higher, let us turn to the reading of Scripture. Yes. We'll begin turning to the Gospel according to John. I'll be looking at the fifth chapter. I'll be reading verses 1 through 15. Reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God reads, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Praise God for his word. Lord, give us enlightenment through your word, we pray. Amen. 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 Let's continue to worship through music. Amen. 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 
victory, let the redeem of the Lord say so, for we are overcomers. Glory be to God by his grace and his mercy. Let us pray, mighty God, we're grateful for the victory we have in Christ, our resurrected Lord and Savior, high and exalted, seated at the right hand of his majesty. And Father, we are grateful for one more day uh, in your presence. Bless us, Lord, as we're desperate to hear a word from you. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. Uh, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue on in our theme of after the resurrection and after we have seen Jesus, met Jesus, how our lives change when we see Jesus. 
want to talk about today about when you think you are alone, Jesus is there. I want to talk about how sometimes in our lives we have operated and dealt with some things so long that sometimes it feels like we have no help. Uh, we have no one there to aid us and no one there to be with us. And we know life is full of struggles. If anything co- go, can go wrong, it will. We call that what? Murphy's Law, right? And if the, if the worst thing can possibly happen, that's the thing that will happen, right? Life is full of unexpectedness. One day you can be up and the next day you can be down. But many of us have seen it that it could be the same day that things were looking so well and things can change so tragically. Life comes at us quickly. We need to have the right tools to respond to these difficulties in life. Jesus, once more time, is walking amongst someone who needs his help. But yet this person is not asking for help, but Jesus sees he needs help. Anybody here glad that Jesus sees you and knows all about your troubles, knows all about your problems? That even before you say, I need help, he's already there. He's a present help in a time of trouble. He's a brother that's closer than any brother. He is glorious and helpful and powerful and mighty and able to save. And so will you obey his command? When he tells you what to do, will you trust? And obey. Can you depend on him and trust him better than you trust yourself? Because the problem is that you might not know where you are. Think about it for a moment. You think you're where you want to be, but you know not you're not where you should be. Your current condition in life may not be what you want it to be. Your hopes and dreams have not come to fruition. Things are not working out in the way you want them to work out. Now you're in a time of wondering, am I which way to take you in that fork in the road? You're wondering, should I do this or should I do that? Somebody's getting on your last nerve. You're trying to wonder, out, do I need to stick with this person or let this person go? You're at a job and it's caused you to, to turn gray and get stressed out that you want to call days off. Should I leave this job and go do something? There's times in a lot that we're looking at, I need some help when I'm talking to somebody. If you made a list list of reasons why you want to make a change and you discover that oftentimes the issue is not what you need to do, but who's not involved in your solution. Have you tried Jesus? Has Jesus been part of your counsel when you're trying to make that decision? When someone's getting on your last nerve, did you turn it over to Jesus? When your job was stressing you out, did you turn it over to Jesus? When your family is getting on all your nerves, I didn't say last, I said all your nerves. Did you turn it over to Jesus? What I'm asking you is that sometimes you try to do it all by yourself and you realize why you're stressed out because you don't have the strength. You don't have the wisdom, nor do you have the power to make that change. But Jesus can. Verse 6 of the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John, are you with me there? It says, when Jesus saw him. And knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? Right. Well, what I highlight here is that when Jesus saw him, hey, <laughs> I'm so glad that he sees us. And he knows what we noticed that he did not need to ask him what the problem is. He didn't have to ask him how long it's been this way. Many of us have gone to the doctor's office and sometimes you've been to the same doctor you've seen all your life, but they act like they don't know you. 
going to ask you all the questions all over again as if you not told him those answers before you came in. But here it is. Jesus, the good doctor, says, I already know what your problem is. My question is, do you want to get well? <laughs> Aren't you glad that we serve a God that wants you to get well? He's already got the cure ready, provided for you, but will you respond? But now, here's the situation that comes to us when we respond to Jesus. We got excuses. Notice here, Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? He didn't ask him, why are you not well? Y'all don't hear me. See, when somebody wants to help you, you want to point out what you have done that did not get the job done. See, what happened was, Every time I try to exist, listen to what this man says. says, I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Notice how Jesus did not ask him about why you're not well. He already knew. He's asking him, do you want to get well? But what I want to highlight here is that God already knows all your excuses of why you're not trying to get right. This, this man has all the excuses. I, I try, but when I get there, I'm always too late. That's the story of many of us in our lives, that we were a day late and a dollar short. We tried to get something done, but we just didn't have enough to get it done. We needed someone there to help us to make sure that we could get there. Now, the story tells this man is lame, so it shows us that if this man is lame, how much mobility does he have? Well, my mind, imagination, I'm, I'm assuming he might, he must have some movement of his arms. So he might have been able to try to crawl to get there, but he probably couldn't get there fast enough by somebody else that they beat him to the pool. But notice the man realized that I want to get healed. And the one who's talking to me says he can heal me, but yet I think i got to get to the pool in order to get healed. See, his understanding was that if I get to the pool, everything's going to be all right. But yet he's not understanding that his healing is standing in front of him. He's not understanding that his healing is already talking to him. But he's thinking that I must do something in order to be healed. Let me help somebody out today that may not understand that there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Jesus died and paid the price. Everything was satisfied by him. Here's a beautiful thing that oftentimes we miss that is right there in front of us, but we're looking all around for something else. The saying says everything that glitters is not gold. Sometimes we go for the flashiest things. We go for the biggest things. So he sees Jesus talking to him, but he does not know who's talking to him. He's understanding that my healing is in that pool, but I can't get there. I'm always falling short. That kind of reminds me about how we are in, with God. We're always falling short. For we are saved by grace. Every one of us has missed the mark. We have fallen short. We have not been true to what God has called us to do. But I'm so glad because his grace and his mercy. Right? His grace is that. He, he gives us what we don't deserve. His mercy means he holds that what should be coming our way. And because he holds that what should be coming our way, he makes room for the blessings he has for us. And so when we make room for the blessings for us, we can walk in that blessing and walk in his mercy and walk in his grace because God holds back what should be coming our way. And the stuff that's coming our way, he's holding back. He knows it's too much for us, that we wouldn't make it if it hit us. 
Mm. And so this man is talking that I, I try to get there, but I always fall short. I, I need someone to step in the gap. I need someone to help me to get there because I can't make it there. But what I want to highlight here is that Jesus does not take him to the pool. Notice how Jesus answers his own question. The man didn't answer directly. Uh, Do you want to be well? Uh, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? Uh, I'm trying, Jesus, (laughs) but I can't make it to the pool. Notice how Jesus responds to him. Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Now, you can look at what he said to him and break that down into three sentences because they were imperative commands. He told him to stand up, pick up your mat, walk. He gave him commands for what to do. And what I like about this text, it also shows us the power of our God. In Genesis, when he created the heavens and the earth, it was God's commands that made everything in existence. The Bible tells us, let, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be uh, the, the fermentation and be separated the, the waters from the, uh, the skies from the earth, and now we have the sky and the heavens. The God said, let there be, and there became fish, there became birds of the air, there became fowl, there became animal. God then took the dirt and breathed life into man. He made Adam and Eve, but yet the power of God's word brought everything within existence. That's the power of God's word. The God can just say things happen. Matter of fact, we saw the power of God's word being exemplified in his servant and Moses when God had told Moses, speak to the rock. And water came out the rock. I don't know about you, but I, I've been to some places and I, I spoke and things that always come out correctly. We got smart devices. That don't even figure out what you ask in a place. You say play one song, they're playing another song. No, I didn't ask that. Call somebody, call somebody. I didn't ask that. But when God says something, it's done correctly, perfectly, and right. Oh, I wish I had a few more witnesses in here. And so here it is that God says and things happen. Here it is. Jesus says, stand up to a man who's lame. A man who is lame. A man who has now walked in some time. He tells him to stand up. Let me help you out. What I'm trying to point out to you here is that anybody ever had a leg injury and he had a sustainable leg injury, it's hard for you to get up and do what you were able to do before. You got to go through some therapy. You got to go through some training and not have any pain when you're getting up. Yeah, some of y'all haven't been through some injuries like that. But yeah, here it is. This man didn't have to have no physical therapy. (laughs) He didn't have to do no exercise. He just said, stand up. All right. And the man stood up. Then he told him, pick up your mat. Now, here's the funny thing about this mat. This mat has been his home for who knows how long. The text says roughly 38 years this man has been in this condition. We don't know that if he was born this way or sometime later on it happened to him that this mat now has become his best friend. This mat is sort of like his buddy. Everywhere I go, he goes. <laughs> this, this mat is all he has to find comfort in his pain and his suffering. But Jesus is letting her know that I want you to pick up the thing that you've been laying on. The thing that's been carrying you, the thing that you have to lean on and support to help you to be comfortable in a time of pain and disposition. Pick it up. The man rolls it up. Then he tells him to walk. 
Get on out here. You've been here way too long, wilding in your mess, talking about how many troubles you had, talking about how you just could not get it over. And yet now I'm here and I'm telling you to stand up, pick up and walk. Now things have changed in your life. Let me highlight here that he had to follow Jesus' commands. Will you follow his commands? Things that might sound weird, things that might sound outlandish to you. Notice again, he spoke to a lame man. A man that we know is not walking. And he told him to stand up. <laughs> a man whose legs have not been working. He's telling him to stand up. A man that says, I got to be in the pool in order for it to work. Jesus says, stand up. Verse 9 in the fifth chapter. Y'all with me there? The first word in the New Living Translation says, instantly. Instantly. The man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. See, what's happening here is that Gospel of John is trying to point out that they're trying to kill the Messiah because they don't like how he's doing things on earth. How dare he heal somebody on the Sabbath? Now, God made the Sabbath, not man. And God rests on the Sabbath, told man to rest on the Sabbath. But here's a man that's been resting all his life on a mat, waiting to be here. Now that he's here, Jesus let him know that you can move from this place. And it happened on a Sabbath. I'm going to encourage you to help you to understand that our God neither slumbers nor rests. Our God is always ready to able to help and heal us no matter what day it is. I'm so glad that it doesn't matter the day, the time, nor the hour. Our God is open for business. And here it is. Jesus sees this man in the situation that he's in and heals this man on the Sabbath. The Jewish leaders objected to him because they saw him carrying his mat. Verse 10. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work. On the Sabbath, the law does not allow you to carry that sleeping mat. That's funny stuff right there. Uh, this man is not working. Uh, he is not part of furniture moving, so he's not moving furniture. He's not taking it somewhere else. That's his mat <laughs> that he was laying on that he don't need anymore to lay on. And now he's moving from the place he was. And here's the beautiful thing that when we trust God to change us, we got words to respond to those who come against us. Amen. See, uh, this man was cured because of the command of Jesus. But now somebody does not like it how he's changed in his life. They, they didn't care about who he's laying on the mat. Now he's carrying the mat. Now they got problems because it's on the Sabbath. And here it is that they want to know what happened to him. He trusted in Jesus and Jesus told him what to do. But here it is. Here it is. I want you to grab it. He did not know at the time it was Jesus. Verse 13 says that the man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd. See, they were mad what God did in his life. And here's a beautiful thing. Here's a beautiful thing. This man had all this happen to him by the power of God's grace. He did not ask for it. He did not request it. Jesus initiated all the interactions. He asked him, do you want to be healed? I've been trying, <laughs> but I can't make it to the pool. 
Jesus is like, just stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Something's changing. <laughs> it says immediately, I'm healed, I'm walking. But now that I'm walking because of the power of Jesus, I got opposition coming my way. Jump back with me in verse 12. It says, who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. Verse 14. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Now, here's the message that Christ has given to this man now that he knows who has healed him. He did not know it was Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing, that Jesus wants us to have a right relationship with him. He wants us to know who he is and see him. So he comes back to him and lets him know, hey, hey, now that you've been healed, and notice where Jesus finds him, in the temple. How God changes us, how we want to be where he is, in the temple. Notice again, now, Jesus is telling him in the temple that you need to get right and act right or something worse can happen to you. Jesus basically is telling him, don't abuse the opportunity that God has given you. Don't abuse God's grace. God making you whole is not make, is getting made you whole for you to go and do some other things that will not bring glory and honor unto God, but go now and work for the kingdom of God. This text is telling us that Jesus is about God's kingdom building business. He's not here to please man because man is not pleased with what God is doing. That's something. How can man be upset that he can make the lame to walk regardless of what day it is? See, we got to be about God's business. Realize there might be some people upset that you're about your father's business. But stay about your, your father's business. Uh, Romans 6, 12 and 14 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were, you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. See, this is being demonstrated to us right here that they are trying to challenge him for the letter of the law of don't work on the Sabbath. But this man is not working on the Sabbath. But what beautiful thing is that what he what God is showing is God's grace on the Sabbath. A man did not look to get healed, but God gave it to him freely without him asking. Oh, thank God for giving us what we don't deserve. Hallelujah. And we can be blessed by this house. Many of us are, were living a life of sin. And we didn't ask Jesus to die on the cross for us. But he died for us. Why? Because he loves us. And notice how in this text, the setting here is Jesus is going by the pool of Bethesda. And this pool by Bethesda is by the sheep gate. This is where the sheep enter to be clean to go into the temple. I want to highlight the significance of Jesus going by the sheep gate. Jesus being the good shepherd. Mm. Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus being the gate, being the doorkeeper. This John 10, says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm sorry, Luke 4 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim the release of the cattle and recover the sight of the blind and set those who are oppressed. Here it is. We have the good shepherd coming around by his sheep who are in need of help. Jesus knows his sheep and knows what they need. And Jesus is able to speak into their life situation. Jesus also helped remove whatever obstacles, whatever excuses you may have that's hindering you, stopping you from being set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. So don't allow the obstacles and excuses to stop you from having liberty in Jesus. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When we look at, again, the setting of this text is the good shepherd walking among his sheep. And out of the 99, he sees one that needs his help. <laughs> and he goes to one and ministers to him and makes him whole. Oh, glory be to God. And he's letting him know that I set you free from the captivity that you were in. Can I, can I encourage you today to realize that your God is able to set you free of the captivity you're dealing with right now? God, our shepherd. Psalm 23 tells us why the Lord is what? My shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, he restores my soul. He leads me back to practice for his name's sake. Aren't you glad that though you walk through the valley of shadow, you shall fear no evil? But I ride and I stay after they come in there, but praise the table for me in the presence of my enemy. Thou Lord, my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I like that part when it says, surely, goodness and mercy. I, 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 many of y'all know when you talk about, I tell you, God is God's good and mer- goodness and mercy. Those twins, boy, I'm glad they never leave our side. You can look to your left, look to your right, you're going to see goodness and mercy. Every time you turn around, you're going to see goodness and mercy. Here it is, this man was laying, laying right there in front of goodness and mercy. He says, hey, do you want to be healed? And he says to goodness and mercy, I'm trying, but I can't make it to the pool. Don't worry about the pool. I'm going to speak and things are going to change in your life. Anybody here need God to speak into your life? So you can see change happening in your life? Just go and cry out to God, speak God into my life. Say what you need to be said. Change what needs to be changed. Have your way in this place. And allow him to guide you. Allow him to direct you. Let his word be a, a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. Notice how this man trusts and obeyed every command of God. See, he had to trust it and obey. He told him to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. This man had to trust what this man was saying. He was able to do what he was unable to do before he was in front of him. That's what our God can do. He can change our circumstances just by his presence. That we will no longer be who we were before we met Christ. And we'd be someone brand new because of we met Christ. So when we met him, we will change, we'll walk and search and, I'm sorry, serve him and live in righteousness. Call on him. Let him change your life. He already knows what's best for you. He can eliminate all your excuses, all your obstacles that why you can't get it done. Because, right, you can't get it done. That's why Jesus said, for man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so you can understand what Jesus can do 
nobody else can do. Let me, let me just walk through this. I'm done preaching now with this text. I just want to talk about my Jesus for a little while. Uh, Jesus, when he shows up, he can do the impossible. Y'all might remember how uh, Peter and, and, the, and the disciples were all on a boat and a storm hit them. And they thought they saw a ghost walking on water. They got scared. He says, it's me. <laughs> Peter says, well, if it's you, <laughs> tell me to come to where you are. Peter understood that if that's you, I want to be where you are. But in order for Peter to get there, he had to walk on water. And when Jesus said, come, Peter said, all right, I will trust and obey. That he got out the boat and what was liquid became solid. And he started walking towards Jesus. Isn't that something? When Jesus is present, things change. Y'all remember how before he began his ministry, he went to a wedding party. His mama saying, Jesus, the party about to be over, son. You need to help us out. They ran out of wine. Jesus says, mama, it's too early. It's too early for me to get started. But since you asked, bring me some water. And when he said, bring me some water, he said, pour that water into the bed. As they poured, the water blushed and turned into wine. What was impossible becomes possible with Jesus. I got just one more story to tell about my Jesus. They said he couldn't get himself down from the cross. He healed everybody else, but he can't heal himself. I'm so glad Jesus didn't care about what they were saying because he hung on the cross for you. He hung on the cross for me. That he hung his head for us. He died. He bled from his side when they pierced him in the side. They buried him in the bald man's tomb. He was all there Friday night, all there Saturday and Saturday night. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand, and he has defeated death. So sing where is that victory? Death, where is that singer? We got victory in our resurrected Lord and Savior. I don't know what we're going to be, but we're going to be changed to be like him. He's coming back again in the twinkling of an eye. We will all be changed to be like him. Good day now, Zion. But it'll bless you real good. But on your way home, you all say, I want to be where he is. Everything is better in his presence. I don't need nobody else as long as I got Jesus. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still risen. Jesus is still king. He's God Almighty. He's Lord all by himself. Thank you, Jesus, for being my rock, being my redeemer, my sword and sinner. God bless you, good God of God. So trust in the Lord. You're never alone as long as you can call on Jesus. He'll show up and let you know help is right here. You don't need a cross to some pool in order to get washed. But you can be washed by the blood. Nothing can make me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. Is thy flow that makes me white as snow. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for being a present help in a time of trouble. Lord, we thank you that we couldn't look to our left. We couldn't look to our right. We saw that no one was there, but we thank you that when we called on you, you were on mind that you are a present help.
in a time of trouble, that Lord, you are our light. You are our strength. Whom shall we fear? Lord, you are our shepherd. We thank you that you guide us and direct us and keep us. Lord, you are our rock. You are our redeemer. You are our sword and shield. You are our provider. And so, Father, we ask you to continue to guide us. Forgive us, Lord, for the leaning on our own understanding and trying to do it our way without you. Forgive us to God for times that we thought that we could do it without you. But thank you, Lord, that you never left us. You never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that you are always there, ready to point us in the right direction. And thank you, Lord, for your word that guides us, directs us, so we can walk according to your will. Now, Father, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, we thank you that they shall be saved. Father, I ask you to bless them that they can find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, and a teaching church that will disciple them and help them to grow according to your will. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue on the words, we prepare to give God um, his tithes and his offering. Um, we welcome also those online to be able to, you be able to give as well through our website, www.zionbcpeoria.com. And you can download our app and able to give through there as well. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to come as the Lord leads you to bring forth your offering. As you sing, walk with me. Walk with me.
Father, we ask you to bless those who are able to give. We ask you to bless those desires that have, that desire to give but yet have not. We ask you to multiply increase. And as you continue to provide for us, Lord, your, your servants, we, we, we give to you and all that belongs to you, baby. Bless, multiply, and increase for the service of building your kingdom, for preaching your gospel, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry. May your kingdom work be done, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> May we rise and prepare for the benediction.